Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 90. This week on the show, I've got an awesome conversation with the band Motherfolk. Um, I was able to catch up with Nathan and Bobby from the band um, and really, you know, discover who they are. Uh, you know, if you're not familiar with them, this is going to be a great episode for you because we had a lot of fun talking. Uh, the guys got to be themselves and really put their personality out there for you. So uh, we talked about all kinds of stuff, the new music that they've got going on, uh, the tours that they're setting out on. Um, yeah, some of their favorite venues to play uh, around my area, which is in the Indianapolis area. Uh, we talked about them being able to perform on Lollapalooza this year, like just some, some awesome and crazy stuff that's been happening to them in the best sort of way. So really think you guys will enjoy it. Um, and I don't want to take too much time up here at the beginning. I will say they were on hotel Wi-Fi when we did this on one of their days off. So the audio occasionally cuts out. Um, it's pretty rare and I don't think it's going to be a big deal for most people. But, you know, if you get annoyed by that sort of thing, I'm sorry. Uh, but no, I appreciate the guys taking the time, especially on a day off to do media and, you know, talk to me for almost an hour. So, um, yeah, huge shout out to Nathan and, and Bobby. And for now, let's go ahead and dive into that conversation. This is my conversation with Mother Folk. Uh, so to kick things off, I do always start with the same boring-ass question, and that's the simple introduction. What's your name, what you do in the band, and a little background. Um, I'm Nathan. I sing and play guitar and write for the band. I'm Bobby, and I do the same thing as Nathan after that, basically. Yeah. Uh, we kind of started this thing, what, seven, six years ago or seven years ago? Uh, seven. I always say six years ago, but that was like two years ago. Yeah. Um, too long ago. Too long ago. We, we started this kind of in college. And I was just, uh, keeping with it. So, yeah. Awesome. Um, so I wanted to dive into that a little bit. So talk about like a lot of bands, you know, try to say that they're like, oh, we're high school friends or, you know, whatever. And, you know, that's the most common quote unquote um inception but like for you guys it really did start in college just as like a a writing project right like you both had stuff you just wanted to get out for sure yeah uh we went to the same high school and knew each other there didn't really hang out until we got to college and yeah. lived across the hall from each other um yeah we just became better friends there and um almost proximity kind of things it's like we ran in different crowds in high school and then in college we just kind of well i think i don't know do you ever find meet someone that's a little bit too much like you and so you don't like them at first <laughs> like you're just kind of like eh. um but then you just get to know them and you're like, i don't know like it was two big personalities like that um for sure kind of combining yeah. yeah but yeah in in college we just started showing each other songs and then eventually started writing songs together and recorded those and it took off from there yeah i remember there, i feel like during that time i was always like or you would say or i would say like did you you wrote that like yeah <laughs> like, i thought you were just covering something you know like, 
uh, then I'd be like, I wrote something just like that. Come here, come on. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fun. Those were fun days. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that goes to show like how organic music can be, right? Like it's not forced at that point where you guys weren't going, well, I think I can fit into your sound. It was like, you're both coming up with a very similar sound and going, you know, I think we actually would probably complement each other. Yeah. yeah. And we definitely like influenced each other too. Um, through all of that. Cause we came from really different backgrounds as far as the music we liked. I yeah. liked kind of probably softer, uh, stuff. I don't yeah. know. And you came from like kind of, uh, your bands were always a little bit more heavy. I was real in the warp tour scene. Yeah. Very yeah. warp tour. I was just, I was like a nice boy and I just wanted to hear soft <laughs> music. But, uh, but that's kind of, I think that's how, that's what always has challenged me and wanted like it, it's made me want to uh like i'll see what you're doing and i'll want to challenge myself to be a little bit different and then i think maybe we've just continued to kind of have an influence on each other in that way definitely awesome. but yeah yeah I, I think that's cool though because like it just goes to show like it doesn't matter if you're from quote unquote the same genres necessarily if the if the same passions there and the same emotion or feeling and authenticities there uh, yeah and then there's like this beautiful union of theme almost and like what you're both trying like you're both trying to articulate a similar thing because you're both in college and you're you're both in like kind of a niche college at that and uh and so we didn't know how to find our identity or find our place and we found it in those like first songs i think um and hopefully we've continued to grow from that because that like with the people that you talk to, do you do you see like I always wonder this about artists like of whether they try to stay the same like because they they notice that a thing worked in the beginning, um, or do you see more people like really wanting to pioneer forward? Right. So it's actually funny because I I have this conversation with a lot of people because that's the ultimate yeah. challenge, isn't it? Like especially if you start to see a little success off of one type of song or whatever, it's like okay, do we just start cookie cutter and try to push that? Or do we still right. stay authentic and true to ourselves and like make the music that we love and hope that it still resonates? Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, for me, it's such a thing that it's inconsistent. Like I can't see it. It's not perceivable when it's happening. When we go to like make a new record, I feel like all the time that it's just coming out of something like a void, you know, just, it's just, it's just kind of new inspiration. Of course, it's coming from all these different areas of inspiration and influence, right. but yeah. um, I can't help but think that like, whenever we, you know, flip the switch and say, we're doing a new record or we're writing, I always feel like that stuff is just brand new. And really for sure, fresh. we've always done a really good job of challenging ourselves. To, <laughs> no, I'm just saying like, um, whenever we've gone to make a new record, we've never once like set out with the intention of let's make it sound like this or this record or that record or like the record we just did it's always like an unknown thing we're like, like I, we always kind of say towards the beginning i wonder what this record will end up sounding like well yeah because we you have something in your head yeah it just feels like the whole process becomes an accident That's it absolutely does <laughs> yeah and uh so yeah we're always um just relentlessly trudging forward in that regard i think and constantly making new sounds and yeah yeah doing what we want yeah and i think that's you know from an artist standpoint isn't that the goal right like you're not for sure in that 
that box where we have to make this album sound like the last album or yeah you have to make the the bon iver album because that's what's cool right now well it definitely comes down to like riding the line of between like business and art too because when you do see success off of certain sounds you do you know you're like well i kind of want to i still want people to like this new thing so i want to bring that into this a little bit but still give myself enough freedom to change and grow and be artistic too. I think too, like, why did I write that song years ago? Because I I loved it at some point. I loved the beat of it. I loved the vibe of it. Mm-hmm. So I, I always feel like I'm hopefully I'm taking the essence of that. You know, maybe it's like we have a song called Kill the Sun and maybe it's like a groovier song and we hadn't done that before, like kind of almost funky. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I know that I like something about that. I'm going to take that and maybe repeat it in a new thing but hopefully like with in a fresh way that I haven't, you know, it, it's like anything. And I think the true fans don't give a, what's our, I can cuss maybe. Yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't think they give a shit. Like give a frick. they don't give a shoot about, um, yeah. About that part. Cause they, the, what makes the song a mother folk song to the fans that it truly resonates with, I think is just us. Yeah. Um, and also too i mean it's uh you have to remember that your fans or the people listening to your music also aren't staying in one spot you know like they are their tastes are also growing and changing so like they might be growing with you they might not be we've even seen that on past albums where like we you're kind of always cycling in new fans like you have your core group of like i know these people are going to be front row at every show but then kind of everyone else in the back of the room sort of comes and goes. And that's kind of cool. There's I like that there's a cool ebb and flow, just a constant stream of new people coming in and, and going. And I like what you said just a second ago. It, it almost reminds me of like, we shouldn't, um, what's the word? Uh, like degrade our fans almost. like mm-hmm. Or say like, it's demeaning to say like to assume that your fan wouldn't grow with you for sure that or grow they... in a different direction you know what i mean yeah absolutely we're a, yeah. we're a service we're underpaid we're, we're a service <laughs> like if we're serving you please come to the shows if we're not anymore don't tell me to play a song that's five years old that i don't care about anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no and i, I think that's a, a great point you know i've i've made that comment on here before with other artists about like especially when you start building that catalog and have that longevity, you know, even five, six years, you guys have, you know, 40 songs out that some of those just aren't who you are anymore. So like, it's almost unfair to be like, Hey, I need you to play the very first single that you ever released because that's my favorite song. Like, okay, cool. I'm not that person anymore. Yeah, exactly. And then Josh, what is really fun is sometimes for some reason, Although you've grown and gotten better as a musician and and and, and an artist on Spotify, <laughs> those terrible songs that you wrote when you were 22 are still in the top five, and and, 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 and you just want to explain to your fans like it's not the best thing. I don't know. I always I wa- I think you have to walk that line of like. Yes, I want to entertain you because you came out to see me. You got a babysitter or something, you know? And then I also want you to know that, like, in a way, I'm in charge of the show, not you. Right. Because we've gotten booed for not playing (laughs) songs that we've written before. And I'm like, 
this is our show. <laughs> you can't boo me. You paid to be here. Sorry, well, that's my rant. I'm, I'm done. No, but I, I think that's a great point is, you know, it's it's that catch-22. It's like a double-edged sword or whatever because, like, you get to play music because of the fans, but at the same time, they're fans because you make music. So, like, yeah. there's got to be a trade-off to some extent. It's always um, a push and pull for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I agree. I think it's absolutely – and, like, the example that I use, I'm a huge Newfound Glory fan. I'm not mm-hmm. showing up to a Newfound Glory show expecting them to play everything off their first album. Yeah. Right. That's 20 years old at this point. Like, yeah. Yeah. They're not yeah. those people anymore. Yeah, I had that same sort of experience uh, and was proud of myself for the acceptance with a, a band called All Time Low. Yep. We uh, got to see them. We played Lollapalooza a few weeks ago and got to see them there. Uh, and, you know, they started off with like one old song that all the mm-hmm. people like me know and then played like nine songs I hadn't even heard, <laughs> closed it off with two old songs. But I was just super happy that, you know, even those ones they're still paying homage to. And it was yeah. From my perspective, very cool to see that they're playing all these new songs I've never heard, but all these thousands of people are into them. And that's awesome that they're still doing their thing and growing and finding new fans along the way, even though I might not be there anymore. It's like we intersected. You intersect with an artist at a certain point, and they, yep. they are very meaningful for you, but they can move on and you can move on. Absolutely, like, yeah. It's okay. But I felt that all the time. Like I feel like uh, at Lala, I got to see Miles Mouse and one of my favorite bands and and i i know that it would be bad if isaac brock decided to do dance hall live <laughs> but i want to hear dance hall so bad <laughs> because it's been like a joke of like in our band that is the worst song ever um but somehow we love it or I love it. Um, you love it i do love it <laughs> <laughs> but again i your point on like it's it's almost that nostalgia right like because you intersect at a certain moment in time and you resonate with certain songs, like at some point, like there's definitely songs on my Spotify playlists that. Uh-oh. There it is. All right. <laughs> Oh, hey. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you guys locked up for a second. Um, so did you. No, yep. but, uh, yeah. So um, what I was saying, though, is like there are certain songs like on Spotify that I have on a playlist that like only listen to that playlist when I want the throwback. Right. And so yeah, like yeah. to think about an artist, even, you know, a group like you guys, five, six, seven years old going, you know what? They there's no way they could have emotionally grown or grown as people in the last five years. So they, yeah. everything's going to always be the same. And like, no, they're not. Yeah. And are you, this is going to be controversial and I'm going to say it anyway, but are you even really a fan if you expect the band to stay in that one moment? That's interesting. Yeah. Um, like I think about it this on, on this level and I know that it's not like a relationship, but I think about like relationships and friends and yeah, of course I would assume that my friends would, I have the respect to them like i respect them enough to think that they would change <laughs> like, like right. of course um and i think you can just do that with people in general like yeah i don't know um yeah maybe you're not like an active fan anymore but at one point you were yeah no and, i i yeah. love because i love when people come up to me after a show and 
just very politely shake my hand and just say like, Hey, defining me meant a lot to me. Um, a few, like a year ago or something. And I'm just like, thank you so much. Uh, they, they weren't the fan that was yelling and booing us for not right. playing defining <laughs> me, but, but there was just a nice person that was like, Hey, I got to tell you how, what this meant to me. And I'm like, okay, great. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely want you guys to touch on that. Like, you know, I talk a lot about the power of music, whether it's a healing, you know, thing, a, a therapeutic thing, um, you know, whatever, what's it like being on that side, that receiving side of, Hey, you know, I was at this point in my life and this song is what really helped me, you know, get through that. Or Yeah. I, I don't know how to react sometimes. Like it's super humbling and it's cool. Cause it's like, that's what I've always wanted to do. And then when someone tells you, Hey, you've done that, you're like, Oh, cool. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't sink in though. Right. Like, yeah. Especially in the moment. Cause I think you know, you're in kind of uh, emotions of being like in that interaction and stuff. And it's so hard to, not that you're not being genuine, but you know, you have to be like, Oh, thank you so much. Cause you yeah. know, you have like six more things to do yeah. um, before you have to leave that night and stuff. And so, and then, but like later it kind of creeps up on me. And, but I think we're all kind of in that ocean. You like mentioned the power of music. So I'll get a little mystical. Right. I think we're all in that same ocean together. Cause like, I know the bands that have influenced me. And then I know that I'm just somewhere in that I'm not significant in it at all, but I did something along the way or yeah. uh, something that I wrote. More, that's more accurate, right? It's not me. Right. They don't fucking know me. Um, but they, whatever I wrote, whatever I was feeling in that moment, uh, they connected with that story um, or that version of me. Um, so that's awesome. Um, and yeah, but I, I think that's the biggest thing is that always kind of keeps my ego in check. It's like, there's so much above me that influences me, you know, like I am still so low on the, the pole, but. I mean, you say that, but you guys are currently sitting at like 129,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. So like, that's nothing to, to turn your nose up about, right? We're not like, at the bottom of the pole. I that's just got for it sure. on repeat. All yeah, now, that's, okay. that's the sure. story. You, yeah, but no, like, and obviously the Spotify numbers are cool and all and, you know, Apple or whoever, but are they, to me, I'm in that arena of, are they a good indication of where your fans are actually at in the sense mm -hmm. of, like you said, you know, it could be one or two people just constantly playing the same songs or whatever. Um, so it bumps those streams up. Mm -hmm. like, I think it's, it's, it's not a it's bad a indication. Yeah. It, it's a, at least a gauge to look at and go, okay, it is resonating. Yeah. Somewhere. Our managers, yeah, our managers even look at that as as reference, especially like when you get into uh, monthly followers, like yeah, that can become very important as far as I guess the analytics go. I'm not good into that though. Um, yeah, but I I know it's becoming increasingly more important for booking tours, especially COVID. Sure. Like you have to be a little more selective about where you're going, things like that. Yeah, for sure. And the amount of detail that you can get from like Spotify to know, Oh, it is great. To top, top city. Cool. Yeah. To go there. Yeah. yeah. That's, that is definitely something we use or that our team uses when routing out a tour as well. To... Yeah. But then for some reason they just put us in Texas for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> I think just as a joke, they're just like, just go to Texas. I mean, maybe they're seeing something, you know what I mean? Like, no. yeah, it wasn't it, bad. We had a string of shows um, that weren't too bad. Uh, for the most part, 
yeah pretty happy with them so but and you know getting into like the business side of of the business or the industry it could be something just where like hey you know a lot of the bands that sound like you or that are in that same realm are doing well over there maybe you yeah. just need the exposure and so they send you out see if yeah. the exposure works and if not no big deal well big deal for us well, we're, yeah. we're, we're the ones out doing it that's always I, the push and pull like hey this is a great plan guys but we have to go do it <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny it's always because we have an amazing team but it's always funny it's like it's just kind of growing pains of you know like we're on for like literally six or seven days with no off days just running on nothing <laughs> and uh you know we we sleep and live pretty modestly on the road uh is that the right word we sleep in our van that's the, we sleep that's how you van. say we yeah, sleep, yeah, in, yeah, our we sleep in our van <laughs> um you know we built bunks out and stuff like that it's a rig we're good but uh yeah it can be pretty tiring i i think that's a weird thing that COVID did actually we were talking about this a little bit the other day it's like it kind of stole a year from us in the sense of we were touring really heavy uh before it happened and it was going really well and then uh, everything shut down which gave us an awesome opportunity to write and like bury our heads in the studio but it also like now that i'm back on the road i'm like i did this like almost two years ago now yeah when i was a young boy yeah <laughs> and now and now i'm turning 30 i'm gonna be 30 and i don't know if i can do this <laughs> yeah. I, I mean i feel you i i'm 36 now so the last run of warp tour because i'm a big warp tour fan was yeah. what two two or three years ago three years even, ago yeah yeah even at that so i would have been but wasn't 30. that the last was that the last one yeah mm -hmm. that was the yeah. last national run so like i was 33 and like I seriously sat there and went, this is an all day fucking festival. Like, <laughs> can, can I do this anymore? You know, like, yep. it's oh going to be God. tough. And I mean, you guys just yeah. played at Lala. So, you know, from that aspect too, sitting around and waiting to go on yeah. stage. And things that's like the worst that. part. That's the worst part. Yeah. Um, so I, I do want to touch on that too, because obviously Lala is one of the biggest festivals in the nation. Um, yeah. Talk a little bit about, you know, a the the opportunity to do that, yeah, and, and b like for people, you know, especially like young, I say young uh, artists maybe that are hoping to get there someday. Like, talk about what goes into a festival day like that. Hold for on sure. to your boots, man. About, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what your like uh, normal uh, followership of this podcast is. I think it's about to get a real fun. And I think, I think people are going to be coming. The, the, the whole Lollapalooza thing was wild. Yeah. Um, we were not playing Lollapalooza. We weren't scheduled to play it. And um, we were actually, that weekend, we were getting ready to go out for a run of shows down south. We were going to hit like two shows in Alabama. And then we were playing Atlanta just over a weekend. We were leaving to do that on Friday. And... Uh, I'm just sitting at home on Wednesday and our booking agent called me and he just sounded out of breath. <laughs> and he was just <laughs> like, he was like, Hey, do you want to play Lollapalooza tomorrow at three 30? And I said, yeah. And he was like, all right, I need an answer. Or I said, let me talk to the guys. And he said, I need an answer in five minutes. So I was like, okay. Got off the phone, called Bobby. I asked I just him. Woken 
Yeah. <laughs> Literally just woken up because I was sleeping in that day, I guess. And, uh, yeah, you asked me if I want to play Lollapalooza. Yeah. I said, I almost said no. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I wanted time. I wanted more time for it to sink in. And then I said, yes. And you were like, yeah, I know really quick. Uh, I'll, I'll call Clayton. Can you call Ethan? I said, yes. And I call Ethan twice. He's at his job. <laughs> um big boy job and he finally picks up after like two or three calls and i'm like do you want to play a lot of food he's like is this a joke <laughs> <laughs> like are you fucking joking and i'm like nope <laughs> just want to know if you want to play a lot of yeah. in the band in the band that we're in tomorrow <laughs> and he was like yep and yeah so yeah yeah i called clayton and he apparently, I think, was planning on going to Kings Island that next day. And, like, the very first thing he said was, like, yeah, let me see if we can, like, sell our Kings Island tickets and I'll let you know. And I was, like, I'm just going to take that as a yes. We're, like, whether you can sell them or not. <laughs> We're playing yeah, you're Lollapalooza. Like, you're, like, you're, like, Clayton, this is Lollapalooza. I actually did say that. Yeah, I know. I know, because you said, you said it to me a couple times ago. Um, but, Yeah. It, it worked out because we're only four hours from Chicago, so we were able to just take that day and get everything ready and then drive up the next day and play. We, um, But yeah, I just spent so much of that day, we got the call in shock. I couldn't even do anything. I couldn't yeah. focus. I went to Target and like bought a new outfit that I didn't even wear <laughs> On a for, the, for the show. <laughs> and, um, I remember it was weird that I just walked around like it was a dream that whole day. Like, yeah. I wasn't even nervous yet. Yeah, that's obviously a dream come true, but like we didn't have any time for it to sink in or register. Like we didn't get booked months ahead of time, and yeah, yeah. And I was born, uh, you know, like I, I lived up uh, near Chicago, so I was just like, uh, yeah, I was psyched out of my mind to, uh, yeah. you know, to do that. But yeah, it was cool because we got with our like artist passes, we were able to get in all four days. So right, just based on like the networking and stuff we could do there alone, and also that it would be really fun. We just canceled our whole weekend of shows and just <laughs> stayed at Lollapalooza. Um, we really did. It was, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. I won't tell you the chance, the rapper story, but what I will say is that we saw too much of chance, the rapper the whole time. All right. <laughs> I have a pretty good idea knowing how chance is on where that story yeah. goes. So. <laughs> <laughs> just, he, he came up, he was there. He was everywhere. Yeah. You, yeah, you look behind you, he's right there. Yeah. There's chance. Um, so with with that, obviously, like you said, like it's kind of that, it's a dream, and then you kind of go through that dream haze. How, I guess, it's weird, right? Because you didn't really get to promote that, hey, guys, we're going to be at Lollapalooza. Like, yeah. you had enough time to basically tweet and make an Instagram post about yeah. it, and that's about yeah. it. Yeah. But we also had an awesome time slot. Chicago's not a bad city for us anyways. Um, it's pretty good. Usually. Yeah, and we did have some fans like already at Lollapalooza. Yeah, um, um, it, yeah and the time so slot happens, was great. Just so happens our fans intersect with someone at Lala. <laughs> you know, one, of, <laughs> one of them. But yeah, it was, um, it was incredible. Yeah, we got a great time slot at like 3.30 and we were on a good stage. Um, so yeah, we, we I, I, I always... I need to go back and look at that picture actually because um, of just the whole crowd because it's just so yeah it's kind of mind-blowing 
Um, so for anyone that's potentially like in a band and, and, you know, that's the dream scenario to play a, a big festival, talk about that day. Like, A, you know that you're going on at three in the afternoon during an yeah. all day festival, but like, what's it like for prep? You know, like, yeah. like well, we said, start. waiting around sucks. So, you know, well, I feel like there wasn't a ton of waiting around. There was a little bit, but we, yeah, cause I we mean, drove up that morning. So we yeah. kind of like got there and maybe had an hour or two and then we, played. Yeah, I mean, let's start in the van, right? So, like, you go to one location, and you have a paper map. Oh, um, yeah. And and they, they clear you for bombs, you know. Yeah, you have to, like, stuff. search your van for bombs, and then they send you Everybody's back. The, not just us. Like, yeah. not just our van. Right. Every van has to. <laughs> yeah. So you go, you drive somewhere to do that, and, like, you literally have to find it on a paper map. Yeah. And then they send you back the opposite way, way, and they're like, just enter somewhere over there. And they have to find someone to... Once you're in the right parking lot, they have to find someone to help load your stuff and get it to the right stage. We, we kept asking workers that were just walking around once we got our van in the grounds, like what to do. Yeah. And everyone just kept throwing out this word crossload. They're like, oh, you need to crossload it. And then to get on your walkie talkie, we yeah. need a crossload over here. And we were like, we, yeah, like, I, yeah we could get I think we need crossloaded, whatever that is. And that was just them like driving up with a different van mm -hmm. and then loading all of our gear into that and taking it to the stage. And then they came with golf carts and uh, wrote us. That was one of the coolest things about playing a festival is you can just take a golf cart wherever you want. Yeah. They, they, they drive you everywhere. Um, yeah. So they drive you to the stage and we got back there, loaded up and then. And not to mention that this was one of the, cause we played festivals before, obviously, but smaller ones. And this was the, this was like the most organized one. Yeah. And the biggest one. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, they have to be the most organized they, to be that do. big. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we get there, we hang out for a while. I think I had a little bit of uh, an alcohol, but then got too nervous that I'd be, you know, you know, I drank before, but for some reason that day I was like, if I drink this whole thing of hard lemonade, I'll be too drunk for Lala. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and people would be really mad at me and I'll cry. Um, but luckily that didn't happen. You get on stage and you kind of just start, right? Like, yeah, it's just like any show. Done. Like you have to tell yourself it's just any show, you know? Yeah. So, um, to put it in perspective, if someone doesn't know about Lollapalooza, like I don't know how they wouldn't know, but uh, <laughs> it started all the way back in '91. So, to your point about like being organized, to have a 30-year festival, you have to have that down to a science. On yeah. It this is where people are going to be. This is how we set this, like whatever. Um, it also yep. averages 400,000 people for its attendance. Yeah. 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 And they're all drunk too. Right. <laughs> drunk. <laughs> um, so obviously with that, you know, I don't want to get into the political side of COVID because it shouldn't be a political thing anyway, but like, Come on, man. <laughs> with, <laughs> with like Lala though, like, you know, you guys spent all four days at this festival with, you know, 400,000 people, like talk a little bit about that mindset, you know, coming through what's easily one of the worst years that any of us have had with COVID and yeah. the restrictions and everything. And then almost that, because, like, they were strict about masks and, and vaccinations and things like that. But, like, that freedom moment yeah. of... Sure. Oh. 
Oh, sorry, I think we. Yeah, he's frozen. Hello. We're frozen. We're talking about COVID. COVID. <laughs> it's COVID time. Oh man, it's so frozen. It's never been this frozen. <gasps> it's cold. Oh, hey. Are you back? I'm back. That one was my fault. <laughs> my internet just uh, randomly dropped on me. Um, so I got Starlink not too long ago, so it's still in beta. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, nice. Um, my dad was talking about that. <laughs> the last time I was with Sorry. Um, no, no, you're yeah, good. No, but the festival was very, yeah, I, I felt like the whole time, obviously it's a different experience for us, and we felt that a lot. Like, you know, we had special badges that allowed us to drink beer wherever we wanted um, right. and ride in go-karts and stuff. For the most part, like, I think the festival did a pretty good job, um, but how am I supposed to know? Also, uh, there was this one point where we were going to see Tyler Creator, Tyler the Creator, the first night, and we were supposed to be like let out into the crowd, um, and we just got into a really closed crowd, and so I that was my first experience, uh, probably being in that crowd again. Um, so I just I literally as fast as I could just ran. <laughs> like I, I just, I was just like calling, I was pretending I was on the phone. I was calling, you know, my friends or something like that. And I was busy. I had to get out of this crowd. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, mean, I could see that. It, <laughs> it was cool though. I mean, they required vaccinations for that for festival sure. and it all seemed to work out pretty well. Um, so yeah, it was cool. Cause it just felt like it was any festival I'd, I'd be at a few years ago. And felt really good to be back, honestly. Um, and it was a good way to like kind of kickstart the year for us as well, because we were just about to jump right back back into being on the road. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you guys shortly after that started releasing the new singles and stuff too. So, um, yep. About that, you know, new music that's always exciting. You've got a new EP getting ready to drop in about a month and a half, uh, November, right? Yep, November 5th. So uh, let's talk a little bit about new music because that's always exciting. Definitely. Yeah. We, um, yeah, this one's awesome. Uh, during quarantine, obviously, we had nothing else to do. So me and Bobby got real deep into kind of building our own studios and just every day making music and writing songs. Um, and so the EP that's coming out is just a, uh, just sort of the top picks from everything we've wrote over the last year. Um, and yeah, it's a very, it's not like super different, but it's definitely a different sound than we've done before and mm -hmm. uh, something we're really excited about. Yeah, we just got, we got the cool opportunity. Uh, I think it's always been different when we've gone into um, the studio, but this time we got this uh i feel like every other time we were going in as a band you build the song like that you know drums bass and uh guitar and then you know if it feels like a finished product we'll go ahead and do vocals or something um we got to kind of just start wherever we wanted and we had never really 
built songs out like that before. Yeah. Um, and so some of it sounds more synth driven and, you know, some of it is quite a bit, you know, stretching the limits of what we've ever done before. So I think that's good. But you also hear songs that might remind you of, um, yeah, still a lot of guitar and Absolutely. drums on yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> like, what we got to learn is we got to mix those real band sounds in with, you know, we got to occasionally keep a MIDI drum sound that maybe we liked. Yeah. Um, and then seeing how those two things work together is really cool because you, you can get that really close, uh, warm computer sound, but then like the big, big, uh, uh, real drums, you know, that might actually add energy to the song that wouldn't have been there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it was just a lot. We had so much time to like explore new ways to write songs and new Dude, sounds to make. So, like, that was bad ones too. We definitely fine. made some bad ones, <laughs> and like, we also made some really good ones. I've I've thrown this number out to people a few times, um, and they might not believe it, but it, it is the honest to god truth like we wrote and demoed out about a hundred songs over the last year all in varying you know uh different you know some of them were done in a demo way and some of them pretty you know yeah bare bones still but yeah I, I, it gave us we said this before too but it gave us this really cool opportunity to not release the first thing that would have come to our heads and and like yeah. Not that that stuff was bad necessarily, but it was just kind of the first. Um, so if there's any blessing that, you know, a pandemic had, uh, which I, I don't always, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but if you're looking at a silver lining or something, I guess it gave us that, that real time to really think of like, okay, what's the direction we want to go to next? And, and now we feel so intentional about that, that it just feels good. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And I, I mean, and, regardless of what degree the songs were complete to have a hundred song concepts over the course of a year really shows that you were pushing creativity at that point. Cause you know, there's, yeah. there's bands that write maybe 20 songs in a year coming up on an album and then put 14 of them out. And it's just, that's their easy way to do it. You know, right. whereas like for you guys to be able to, to do let's say even if it was half that let's say it was 50 songs you know like 50 songs in a year is still four songs a month that you're putting together yeah i remember too even at the beginning do you remember like um right as the pandemic was happening we were coming off of our uh, family ghost tour and you were just having this conversation with me about how we wanted maybe strength ourselves as far as what our sound was and yeah. again, like trying to become better at just making music and, and feeling like we were in just not a rut, but like wanting to see that next thing. For and sure. literally the world shut down. Like yeah. you couldn't get it any other way. It, yeah, it, it was cool. Cause I, I had had for a couple of months leading up to that, like a real drive to do that. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, I have the opportunity. So like, we really just hit the ground running like right away when things shut down. We were like, this is our chance. Yeah, I mean, I'll do it, it. It's weird to say now, but we were seeing each other almost, you know, two or three times a week still. Yeah. Just kind of trying to work and demo out songs. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, as we built more stuff out in our home studio, that was cool too. We actually were able to send stuff remotely. I mean, we live close to each other, but just 
uh, whatever I had a half-baked idea. I just yeah. to him. And what was cool about that is in, in the past, I always kind of thought, like, I need to finish this song. It's got to be my song. And then, right. But now I can just have, like, a concept or, like, even just a, a, a lead line or something. And I can throw it up in the air and say, what do we want to do with this? Or what do you want to do with this? Yeah, for sure. And it was, yeah, all of that, too, coming out of, like, the album we'd done beforehand, Family Ghost. Um, it was just such we love how that album came out, but it was a very rushed process in that like we would just go to the studio for a couple of days at a time and be like, we have to get two or three songs done. <laughs> and and, and all they a, are, I don't are think we had ever had a non rushed for sure. Yeah. yeah. But like we were just yeah. going with, you know, songs that are acoustic and we're like, we got to make it a full band song in the next couple of days. Yeah. Which <laughs> um, one do we want to do? Yeah. <laughs> I'll play you three songs. Tell and me so, what your favorite one is. Because going into that album, I, you know, had wanted to explore new stuff and new sounds for us, but we just didn't really have the time. Um, so it was awesome that we got all the time to, in the world to do that for this one. Yeah, and I think for a lot of, of bands, you know, you made the comment too, it it changed how you can write because now there's not the mm -hmm. pressures of, well, we have to, you know, we just got done with the tour, so we have to get this new music out so we can go tour again. There's no tour to be had. Yeah, so, I think we can relax yeah. a little bit. Yep. But what do you think about this? I, I almost think the days of that is over. Like, I, I think music, I don't think it survives on touring as, I mean, the band does, right? Right. But like, it, people are being so much more intentional. We live in the best age of music, maybe. Like, cause yeah. there's so much out there and some of that shit, but most of it's pretty damn good. Um, and so it does make it more like, not competitive, but it does make you want to really, I don't know, put the gloves on. Yeah, I mean, back best. in the day, you had to be on the road yeah. for 250 days a year. Mm -hmm. um, that's just not the reality anymore. Yeah, I, I think it was yeah. starting to change even before COVID. Um, you, yeah. you would see yeah. a lot of artists start being a lot more intentional with, these are the markets that we do well, so that's where we're going to focus that we get out, you know, once or twice a year to those. And then we may hit some of these other, you know, B or C markets. Um, but I think yeah. especially coming out of COVID now, it's it's definitely going to be that where, you know, we talked about the analytics earlier. If, you know, Indianapolis is only an hour away from me, is trending like shit, well, why is the band going to come here? You know, they're going to go to Chicago yeah. or over to Cincinnati mm -hmm. or wherever is good. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, also at the same time, uh literally like a week and a half ago i just saw flogging molly in indianapolis and like they packed uh, the the venue so really know, it's one of those like you've got wow. a band that's been around for 20 ish years 25 years whatever it is now and they're still do you remember where they out. played do you remember where they played uh they played sorry do you remember where they yeah played? they they played at um it used to be called the lawn at white river um it's the tcu amphitheater oh. now so right by the Indianapolis <laughs> Zoo, it's across the canal. Uh, oh, the gotcha. Um, cool. But yeah, like it's it's probably, I'm going to mess up the number. It's probably a 2,500 or 5,000 cap facility. Wow. Um, yeah. But it, I mean, it was packed. Yeah, it was packed. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. But even, even aside from that, like, you know, you guys just played the Hi-Fi not too long ago in Indy. And mm -hmm. even being a smaller venue, like, that's one of those venues that 
I think that's where your core fan group always comes in, right? Like, yeah. it's one of those venues. I love the hi-fi myself, but it's one of those venues. A lot of people are like, oh, it must not be a very big band or must not be a very big show. And it's like, no, it's going to be an intimate show and it's going to fucking kick ass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's true. That There's a lot of the, I mean, we've always played in that area for some reason, like Virginia Avenue, uh, Town Square area. Um, I love a lot of venues there, right across the street too. Um, they just renovated uh, Square Cat Vinyl, um, mm-hmm. and it looks kind of awesome now. I'm kind of itching to play a show there. I don't know if you've been in since they have. Not since they've. But. Oh no. We frozen. We froze. Um, yeah, no, no, I've not been in, um, since they remodeled over there, but Square Cat's another one that just has awesome shows. And then, uh, I love that show we played there, man. Yeah. And right down the road there is, uh, Radio Radio. And that's another small venue that just, yeah, again, it's, yeah, you're not going to have, you know, 1800, 2000 people in there going to have some people that fucking care about the music there yeah because i've I've gone through uh i mean what's that other one in india is that the egyptian room yep yeah the big one we've seen shows in there that like i don't know i guess if you're standing right out in front or right in front it'd be cool but if you're standing back there it's kind of lonely you know yeah i mean i'd love to pack out that room (laughs) yeah and that that's the thing that room is like forever deep right like no yeah so long and it's like, cool, is that really a good gauge, too? Because, like, to me, if you have half that, that room filled, you did pretty well. Because yeah. at some point, you just lose. Like, I've seen shows there where it's almost all the way back to that, that last set of pillars. And, like, mm-hmm. you can't even barely see the band. So is it fun yeah. anymore, yeah. you know? Uh, yeah. So we saw Edward that, Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros there. And I literally, like, towards the end of their set, I just sat down in the back and I was like, <laughs> like, are we going to go? <laughs> like, Yeah. For, for people that don't know about that venue, too, the it's, it's flat and literally from the front of stage to the back wall is probably every bit of 200 feet, 300 feet. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's, it's big. It's long. Yeah. yeah. So, um, awesome. So you guys, we talked in the middle of a a little bit of a tour, little run here. Um, but what are kind of the plans for the remainder of 2021? Obviously we're going to get this EP out in a perfect scenario. What does the rest of the It's actually going to be really fun because we have to hit the studio again. Um, we are going to release. Well, well, you know, we're just going to keep writing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> said a secret thing. Um, yeah, but the rest of this year after this tour will mostly be um, just kind of focusing on releasing the EP and everything that goes along with that, new merch and videos and everything. Uh, but we do have a few shows coming up. We've got our big Christmas show at the end of the year and a couple shows before that that we're going to be announcing soon, too. Um, so we won't be on the road as extensively as we are right now, but we'll be doing some little runs here and there still. Yeah. 
Well, I think those are some of the most fun shows, right? Like the Christmas show for you guys is a pretty common thing. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's always nice when it's like that, that tradition show, right? Like, um, yeah. the Christmas show that I always think of is every time I die over in Buffalo. Yes. Always in the season. Theirs. Yeah. So like they always have like dress up nights and all sorts of fun shit. Yeah. And like those fans love that. Yep. Yeah. Ours is a very similar thing. Yeah. Sweet. Definitely see similar faces there a lot, but then. Yeah new ones too but it's just uh like a lot of the people probably aren't even active fans anymore like it's just like it's for just, a lot of people it's just tradition just every year they come I to the, Christ, the mother of all christmas show i love it yeah thing they do. i mean you know we'll take that too if they're still buying merch and stuff you know who cares right oh, for uh, sure <laughs> so uh you mentioned new merch obviously don't give away any details that you can't but i do want to touch on the importance of merch for bands like yourself. Like, I don't think a lot yeah. of bands fully understand how important that is versus streams. Streams are cool, oh, but streams yeah. don't pay like a t-shirt pays. Interesting. Yeah. For sure. Especially um, at a show too, you know? Um, yeah. There are plenty of nights where we make more in merch than we actually get paid to yeah. be there. So it's a, if you want to support a band, it's like, definitely definitely buy merch yeah and then even apart from the financial side i feel like it's so important to the branding side i feel like i didn't think about that for a long time of just like you're actually stretching the art out even more it's not yeah. just the music anymore like you're now you can visualize it and, yeah. yeah um and so and then you know someone sees a cool t-shirt because your designs are awesome because we have someone that or we have carly who's in the band that does those and knocks them out of the park uh they'll notice it and they'll be like, I want a shirt like that. And then maybe they'll listen to us. <laughs> but I mean, I've had that happen too, where, you know, I wear a yeah. ton of band shirts and people will be like, who, who is that? Or, you know, like what song do they play or whatever? And it's like, Oh, cool. Let's start exploring yeah. and see how deep I can get you in this rabbit hole and make you buy their stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks man. You're evangelizing in a good way. Yeah. Right. Doing the Lord's work. I'm trying for sure. So um, <laughs> I think that's everything I've got for you guys. So let's do the kind of the fun wrap up uh, question here. And it's going to be an odd one for, for you guys in the sense that um, I do the, like, if you get to, you know, create your own tour, who are you taking out? But I do that all the time. So for you guys, you get to create your own tour, but it has to be bands from Lala that you're going to go out with. Oh my god. Mm. Anyone from Lala? Anyone from Lala. Yeah, okay. How many so do we have many, a limit of how many, how many acts do we want on it? Yeah. You know, uh, I usually don't like a tour more than three bands. You just gotta do three. That's what I was gonna say. My favorite is two. Honestly, I like seeing the opener and I love seeing the yeah. liner, but but since Lala, it's, baby, it's such a big a pool. Stack. Yeah. We could get away with four. We could get away with four bands on the it's, lineup, including yeah. us. And we're yeah, opening, but... obviously. Of course we're opening. <laughs> <laughs> There's, like... Our set is 20 minutes in our fantasy. Um, our um, wildest dream. <laughs> okay, so I think it would be like a good... I think it would be a good thing if like we went on first and then Foo Fighters maybe. What do you think about that? I don't know. I don't no, know. Foo yeah, Foo Fighters kind of dates the whole tour, you know? <laughs> Meg? 
Meg the Stallion? Yeah. Hold on. I feel like you're not thinking this through, man. We only got four. <laughs> what what size rooms are we playing? It's gonna be big. I mean, it's them. it's Lala bands. It's gonna be pretty big. I'm pretty. Sh- I'm surprised you haven't just said Modest Mouse. Like, I wanted for, to, first. but then I got scared after you said no for Foo Fighters. Okay. All right. Here's let's both let's since there's three bands we have to pick on the lineup. I'll pick one. You pick one, and then we both agree on one. All right. Well, I think you know what my first one is. Meg. That's your pick. Yeah. All right. Because I'm gonna fight you on Modest Mouse. Okay. All right. Meg the Stallion is uh, apparently opening two of four. Okay. <laughs> on this tour. What else we got? Um, oh. I'm gonna pick Young the Giant. Was- Young the Giant's cool. I would pick Dayglow. Oh, cool. Dayglow's good. To, he's yeah. playing third. So yeah, that'd be awesome. And then who's gonna headline? I can't believe that Dayglow is playing after Meg. You did this. <laughs> <laughs> She's not gonna like that at all. No. <laughs> all right. Well. <laughs> oh man. Wait, who, I'm trying to just think of. Yeah, let me give me a second to think of other bands that we really liked on there. Um, There's Oliver Tree. Oliver what'd you Tree, say? All time low. All time low. I don't know if that fits. Um, Mark Ribier. <laughs> Mark Ribier. Mark Ribier's headlining. Headlining. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Did I redeem myself just there a little yep. bit? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, guys. Awesome. That would be, A, one of the most diverse tours, but B, like, obviously, talk about a fucking crazy show, right? Like, that would be nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it kind of goes, it's like, oh, here's this band that I kind of like, and then Meg, and then Aglo, and then like, it's What's it's happening? exciting still. Yeah. <laughs> the crowd would be insane too though right like think about your fans versus meg's versus mark's like what if mark ribier gets meg up on the stage oh there you go feature there you go i love that (laughs) awesome that's a solid choice i think we solved it i I think think so so. yeah i think so (laughs) i think i just made my own festival (laughs) (laughs) all right that's everything I've got for you guys. I'm obviously going to link all your socials and everything, but go ahead and take cool. the last couple minutes or whatever. Um, you know, tell people where they can find you. You know, what what kind of do ex- they want to find oh, us right now? Hold on, he's frozen. In. Oh, my back. Oh, you back? Yeah, yeah you're back. Uh, so yeah, for the last um, couple minutes, just do the the standard close with cool. all your socials and all that. This is like at the end of Hot Ones, where they're yes. like, yeah. we're rolling out the red carpet for you. Yeah, this camera, this camera. This yeah. Camera. Um, yeah, you can go follow us anywhere at Motherfolk Music. You can listen to us literally anywhere you listen to music. Um, and yeah, where, whatever platform you use, go give us a follow, because we're coming out with lots of new stuff soon. You can pre-order our vinyl. That'll be shipping next year at uh, motherfolk.com slash merch. Um, and we've got shows coming up. So go to motherfolk.com slash tour and come out. Fucking get a ticket. Get a mask or vaccine. Get a vax and get a ticket. Yep. We're actually giving out vaccinations at our shows. I I, I administer them. Yeah. <laughs> it's our own It's our own secret recipe. It's, <laughs> it's actually a little bit of Pfizer, a little bit of Moderna, a little bit of... Not Johnson and Johnson. I don't no. Say, no, no. You know, it's just, yeah. You 
Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's a cosmic might... gumbo. <laughs> it, it may be more effective or it may do nothing. We, we don't know. Yeah. Josh, thanks for uh, being okay with our goofiness sometimes. Sorry. No, man. Like I said at the beginning, like, to me, this is much more fun, not only for you and I, but, like, fans that have to sit through interviews and they're like, yeah, I heard them tell, you know, whoever this on this podcast. Like, yeah. it's not the same thing when you're just getting to have fun and, you know, bring Meg the Stallion on a tour with your, <laughs> yourself. Yeah. It's nicer <laughs> for the bands, too. I always, I always feel like that. I would like to be interviewed way more than question, question, question. Yeah. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You. Yeah. Absolutely. I appreciate it, guys. Um, I'll get with the girls over at Big Picture, let them know when all this is going to go live. Um, and I'll get it over to you guys like via Instagram and all that as well. So awesome. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for your time, guys. You too. Good talking to you, Josh. Yeah. Good talking to you. See ya. And that was my conversation with Nathan and Bobby of Motherfolk. Really hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, you know, again, I had a great time talking to them. A lot of fun, a lot of laughs, um, super cool dudes. And really excited for the new music that they've got coming out. You know, they've been dropping some new singles. Uh, there's plans for, obviously, as you heard, new uh, collections of work, whether that's EP or album or whatever you want to, you know, call it or what they end up uh, putting together as far as a number of songs and whatnot. Um, and yeah, they're out on tour as much as they possibly can be. So uh, even now, as COVID's you know, starting to lighten up and allow live music to come back. They're definitely trying to jump in anywhere that they can. So lots of opportunity for you to get out and check them out live. Um, and yeah, how insane was that Lollapalooza lineup that they came up with uh, to go out on tour with them? Um, you know, again, just a lot of fun talking to those guys. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow, share their stuff. All of their socials and everything are going to be in the description of this podcast as always. Um, and yeah, you know, let us know what you thought. Hopefully you check them out based off of this. Um, or maybe you learned something about them if you were already a fan. Uh, yeah. Also, I try not to say it in every episode, but everything you guys can do for us as well on the podcast is huge. So hit that like, that share, subscribe, follow, whatever it is. Jump over to Instagram. Give us a follow. That's where I'm most active. Uh, and yeah, that all brings in more artists. You know, the more um, engagement we're getting, the more that we can push towards bigger artists um, and talking to their press teams and their, their management and showing that it's worth them being on our show. So please, please do that. Um, that's everything for this week, guys. I think what we're going to do to take you out on this week's episode, I'm going to take you out with the new single by Motherfolk called Black Eye, Bad Night. Remember, guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene. Slide on rest inside my chest has started poking through my skin if you can see what's left of me then i can try to let you in
It's okay. 